This morning, the title of my message, and I'm glad to see visitors here, some uh, a niece and a nephew as well. Glad to have them here this morning, a cousin and a, and a niece, I should say. Hard to keep them all separate here. Uh, also glad to see the others from Floyd County and, and others from different places. I believe it's Justin, and I'm not sure if this is your girlfriend or fiance. Thank, uh, good to have you here this morning, and others as well. Um, we, we went through a week of revival meetings that was very good and where we, we looked at God. Uh, Mark, um, Brother Mark, shared with us about God. And I shared this with my wife and with my fellow ministry that, you know, often when, I, when we have a speaker in and he's talking for a while, I start formulating in my mind, you know, what, what would have this speaker, who would have he been like in terms of the apostles? You know, would he have been like the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, one of the others, Thomas, or so forth. Anyways, when Brother Mark was sharing, somehow uh, the Apostle John kept coming to my mind, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And uh, I, I don't think I'm putting him up on too much of a pedestal doing that. Um, he, was, he was sharing from his heart, and he was, it was obvious that he, he, he loved God. And he was sharing that, expressing that. It was a blessing to me. And, and I trust there's a blessing to all of us. And so this morning, I'd like to, to review a little bit. Um, I'd like to look at a little bit of where we were and, and also give some exhortation to keep on moving the right direction. If we've gained ground, uh, keep on moving towards God. Don't lose that ground. And so I've titled the message, Carry the Glow. And now this may seem like a, a bit of a, a strange title, but uh, the last night of the service, this, this song kept going through my mind, and, and that's where this title comes from. Back to, your, back to Your Flocks is the name of the song. Back to the flocks of shepherds, back to the fields in the sky, back to the lonely watches, back to the duties of life. You have found David's town, in the straw have knelt down. You have seen the baby king. You have heard the angels sing, glory to God, peace among men. Oh, carry the glow in your hearts. Back to the world, O oh Christian, back to the noise and the strife. Back to the lonely watches, back to the duties of life. Carry the news, O oh Christian, carry the joy in your heart, and you know the rest. You have found David's town, you have found the Christ, now carry that glow in your heart. And that's what I'd like to focus on this morning, carrying that glow in our heart. As a bit of review of the, of the revivals, uh, what have we been taught about God? We are looking at God. And here are a few notes I had. God's design is life-giving. Everything from God gives life. Everything from the devil brings death and destruction. And that should make us want to choose God, to choose life. I remember that concept. I don't remember exactly how old it was, but I was. But uh, I remember when I sensed that concept about God, that everything about God is good. Good. What he asks us is for our good. It's not 
that God is wanting to run us through these difficult exercises, do this, do that, do whatever, just for the fun of it, but he does it for good. He does it because he wants us to become better, not just for some weird exercise. His laws are good. They bring life. Uh, And what the devil brings is contra to that, is always contra to that, always brings havoc. It brings, of course, first and foremost, separation from God, and that in turn brings death. And and that that makes me want to choose God, to choose life, to be thankful. Uh, It's like Brother Galen shared this morning that what he shared really blessed me. He gave everything he could to, to make so that we could have life. And, and uh, that makes me want to choose God. Separation from God is death. I mentioned that God has a great mind. Um, and that is infinitely an understatement there. That's an infinite understatement that God has a great mind. It's so much greater than great. Um, but God has a great mind. You know, it's like Brother Mark was saying, he went, boom, and the galaxies went into place. And, you know, we look out there, everything that's, including just the little parts of ourselves, how much design there is. God's purpose, and I'm going to ask you to, to fill in the blank. God's purpose does what? Limits us. And uh, the example he used was, of course, of the toucan bird. He has that big beak that, now I won't go into all that example, but has, is specifically made to grab these cherries and, and bring them in, and somehow he peels off that little bit of flesh and kicks out the seed. You know, he's limited to that. He's not, he doesn't have the capabilities to be a duck. God's purpose limits us to a life of, of holiness. Living outside of God's design and fill in the blank again is the, living outside of God's design is the, what? Living outside the, outside of God's design for our lives is the, anyone? I believe it's the definition of sin. So when we live outside of God's design for us, which is written here, That's the definition of sin. Living by God's design brings long-term good results. A lot of good things about God, and God is only good. He is the blessed one. Have we seen God during the week of revivals? Have we seen God this past week? Uh, Do we bear the image of the blessed one? You know, Moses' face, when he came off the mountain there in talking with God, it says his face shone so that the people couldn't, couldn't stand it. And, and in the original, it comes through as he had horns on his head, emitting from his head. Now, I think what it was saying is it was like light, shafts of light coming out, so bright that it, the people couldn't stand seeing him and uh, to think you know have I ever had rays of light coming out of my head Um, you know we may not as 
little Christ here this morning. We may not have horns of radiance coming out of our head. We might not, might not even have a halo or even a Florida sunburn. But if we're in communion with God, we'll have a countenance that expresses that relationship. We'll have a countenance that goes out to those around us. Thinking about that, the shepherds there, back to your flocks, they had an extraterrestrial experience. Terrestrial being earth, they had an extraterrestrial experience. Something beyond earth, a celestial experience, a heavenly. Luke 2, 8, and, and by the way, if, if, uh, depending what commentary, commentaries you read and depending how you look at the, the calendar, uh, Christmas would probably, is more likely to have landed maybe a month ago than it is coming up. So it's, it's not out of place for us to read out of the Christmas, a little bit out of the Christmas story this morning. Maybe it's like the Canadian Thanksgiving. It's really a little bit early. But uh, anyways, I'd like to read out of Luke and look at the, the shepherd's story here just a little bit. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds, verse 8, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And every time man meets God, it's the same story. He's greatly afraid. There is a fear there. Then the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, the Christ, they made, no wide, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Are we praising and glorifying God for all the things we have seen and heard? Are we pondering these things in our heart? Um, are we carrying that glow of, of God, of the blessed one? Back to the world. That's a reality for, I think, all of us. We have to go back to the world. Even, as, even Christ in his high priestly prayer prayed for us in that sense. He said there... In the world, these children, my children are in the world, but they're not of the world. And so, you know, we can't somehow become separated from the world. And, you know, like Peter and, and, and the, the other two disciples, I believe it was, were there at the transfiguration. They, uh, they, 
you know, I just to think how, how they must have felt when, when Jesus ascended and they were left there and, and they were wondering, you know, what do we do now? What's going on now? Of course, they were told to go back and wait for the Comforter, go back to Jerusalem. And we have the Comforter, so we're not without help in this world. But till we've passed through the gates of death, we'll be in the world and face will face the consequences of the curse on a constant basis. We will. The curse is going to affect our lives. We face noise and strife. We live through lonely watches. I don't know how many of you have had a lonely watch, a watch that just goes on and on. Um, I have to think of just, you know, night driving, driving all all night. I've done that several times and how, you know, it just gets old, mile after mile, and you're tired and you think, you know, I start thinking of, see all those houses that are dark and think of those people in their beds and think of, you know, really that's where I want to be and, and I can't let myself think too much of that. And I think of my bed at home and, and the miles keep on going and, you know, you count off and you count off to the next town and well, there's watches in our lives that go on. Uh, duties of providing, duties of parenting, duties of the job, duties of leadership, and you can fill in the blank other duties that you have, watches, special, um, difficult, and um, situations that you know you just can't let up on or give up on, that you have to stay with. Um, the shepherds had to keep their watches to keep from the animals or keep roving bandits from getting their flocks. And, and uh, you know, we have our watches that we have to stay on. The Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, recipe for keeping the glow in our hearts. And I'd like to look at that. Hebrews 10, 10 verse 19. God doesn't call us to go back to the fields, the strife, and our duties without enablement. God provides the ingredients, and we're called to mix in. God provides the ingredients, the holy ingredients, and we're called to mix in. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, we heard about that this morning. His flesh, having given his all, we're able to come to the holiest. That means that we're able to have a direct communion. We're able to come into the inner sanctuary and have direct communion with God through that holiest of holies. And, and because of Jesus having given his flesh, his life, and having a high priest, so... He was the sacrifice, his flesh, and having a high priest, he's the high priest. And it's talk, it's speaking of, of the, the Israel or the Judaism, their way of worshiping. This author, the James, probably is speaking of that. The high priest. So Jesus is the sacrifice, the lamb, and now the high priest. Over the house of God. Let us draw near. So we have the first let us what to do now that we have this relationship open between us and God. 
Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience in our bodies washed with pure water. So because we've been sanctified, we've been sprinkled, our hearts have been made clean, we can come into God's presence. He's saying, let us do so with full assurance of faith. Let's move into that. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Because God is the blessed one, he is the I am, the eternal. His character is, is sure. It's not going to move one way or the other. Uh, we can trust in his character. He's eternal. It's an eternal character. We can come to him. We can have a sure confession in him. And to think of, uh, of a song I'd heard. Goes like, one of the lyrics is like this. Though the rain don't fall and the crops all fail. And the cows ain't putting any milk in the pail. Uh, even though those things aren't happening in our lives, we can still unapologetically keep our confidence in God knowing that he wants our good. He is working for our good, even though things may not seem physically to be all coming together for us. We, have to, we can know that God's working for our eternal good. And then Hebrews 10.24, another ingredient. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. There's a lot in this verse. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And I believe this verse is speaking to how we can avail ourselves of our fellow believers. This consider is... Speaking of a provoke or an excite each other to love and good works by life, by example, by spirit, by our godly conduct. Provoke each other to love and good works. Accountability. There's so much that we can do that God has enabled us to do as a brotherhood to stir each other up. These others were talking about the relationship between us and God. Let us draw near to God with a true heart. Let us hold fast the confession, our relationship between us and God. But these two here, the next, the next one, the let us stir each other up, consider one another, keep each other stirred up to love and good works. <laughs> keeping that glow alive in our hearts. And then verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Assembly. It's probable that assembly was dangerous. And in the danger of persecution for, for the people that this letter came to, this Hebrew letter came to, uh, the danger of them assembling was probably um, a danger of persecution. Um, and, and Paul said, and, and I think it's probably James is saying here, don't, don't neglect that assembly. Uh, don't neglect 
um, to come together, even if it causes risk of persecution. What about us? So much more. I'm not sure if I have the author right there. I should have looked it up. It seems like maybe it was Luke instead of James. But anyways, um, it is the holy word of God for us. To the Hebrews, but it's for us too. But these, these people were, were told not to neglect getting together. There's the promise that God's spirit, his presence, his grace will be on those who meet together when when. Two or three gather in my name, and how much more when there's, like it was in Acts, 2,000 or 5,000 gathered in Christ's name, and then we come somewhere in the middle of that, on the lower end, but his grace is with us when we gather together. His spirit is with us. So now we've looked at some things that can help us keep the glow alive in our hearts. What could damper the glow? What can make it go away? Well, Hebrews 10.26 says this, For if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there, is no longer, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. If we willfully move out, if we sin, if we turn our back to the blessed one, to the good, there's no longer a sacrifice for sins. There's no longer a taking away. Um, I don't think that's, that's trying to take that out of its context and say there's not repentance available. Uh, that's something God can work. And there, it's not for us to say when that isn't available any longer. But if we turn our back, we walk away from, from God. Uh, that, that sacrifice isn't there anymore for us, for us to avail ourselves of. Now I'd like to look at this thing of, of doubt. Um, I'd like to, to think a little bit about, you know, what if we haven't had the extraterrestrial experience? What if we haven't seen angels in the sky announcing the birth of the Messiah? Or we haven't had the light blind us on the Damascus Road like it did for Paul or Saul at that time? What if we haven't seen the burning bush over there, you know, and been drawn to it and, you know, pulled and, until, and had God speak to us there? Uh, what if we haven't had the dramatic experience that we might read about or our friends might tell us about? And we might say, you know, I'm not sure if I have that glow. I'm not sure if it's really there. I'm not sure if something really happened. And I, I hesitate to, to bring this up, except I know it's a reality. I know that we can struggle with this. I can. I have. I still do at times. And, and I'm sure that we all do at times, uh, no matter what our experience is, or was, or hopefully is right now. Um, then what? How do we keep the glow? How do we, where do we go from there? Deuteronomy 4.29 says this, but from there, and he's talking about the children, he's prophesying to the children of Israel in exile. He says, from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. 
When, are you, when you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord, your God, and obey his voice. When you're in distress, when you're seeking the Lord with all your heart, you will find him. Matthew 7, 7 and 8, verse 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. You know, that's an aggressive pursuit of, of Christ, of God. It's not a passive, well, you know, I wish something would happen that God would. No, it's an aggressive uh, seek, you know, knock, ask. It's, it's taking real effort on our part. Now, that's not the only way God works, though, is by us coming to him. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So Christ is knocking at our door as well. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So Christ is saying, again, though, we need to open the door. We need to let the light in. So I think I look at this a bit, you know, confirmation from the Lord. We like confirmation. I like confirmation from my wife that she loves me and that I'm still the greatest guy, you know. And she likes confirmation. We like confirmation, you know, on all levels that from our friends that they still care about us. Uh, and we like confirmation from God as well. We do. We need it. But the Lord isn't hooked up to Facebook, I don't think. He's not. He doesn't tweet. And we're probably not going to get a you know, ping in our email box from him. Gerald, I'm thinking about you today. Signed, Jesus. Uh, he's probably not going to ring our cell phone. Um, so, you know, where do we hear him? And I to, as I was thinking about this, I thought of Elijah. You know, he... He was wanting a confirmation from the Lord. He had it about as tough as anyone's going to have it. Of course, Job did too. And Christ did. You know, Father, you know, where art thou? Or where, where are you at? Um, in his hour of distress. But I had to think of Elijah. You know, he, God talked to him and he said, Elijah, go to the cave and, uh, and I'll speak to you there. And, and that's what Elijah did. He went to the cave. I think we need to do that. You know, go to our cave, our prayer cave. Um, get there. Get the distractions. Get the Facebook, the instant messaging, the whatever out of our lives long enough that we can be really quiet in our souls. So that we can really listen. And, and then the Lord came to him and... Uh, course there was the strong wind there was the earthquake and it says the Lord wasn't in those two and, and Elijah told the Lord he says you know I've, I've been so zealous for you I've, I've killed I've uh, you know they, they, these other people have killed your prophets they've, they've torn down your altars and, and you know I'm the only one out here left and so he's, he's so earnestly seeking a confirmation from the Lord and, and the Lord you know brought about this earthquake and he brought about the the, uh, the fire, the wind. 
And then, it, then, you know, everything, still the voice of the Lord went there, and then it says, after the fire came a still, small voice, and, and God, the Lord, spoke to Elijah. And I know for me, I can't say that I've had any, well, I'll back up. I don't, I don't see angels coming out of the sky. I don't see bright lights. But I have been blessed so often with the still small voice when I really, really done my part to listen. And sometimes, it, you know, we, we like to put things in our terms. Well, God, okay, I've got everything ready now. Talk to me. And that's not the way God works. Sometimes it may go a while, but we do have, this is all we really need. Really? If we can learn to love and appreciate this word of God, word from God for us, that's all we really need, I believe. But God does more than that. He'll bring confirmation into our lives when we really, really give ourselves and appreciate what he's doing and done for us. He'll keep that glow in our hearts. I had to think of the centurion as well. The centurion was a a good man. He was a a Roman, but it looks like he was a a, a proselyte to Judaism. And it said he did did, uh, many good works, and he gave alms often, and he prayed. It says he feared God with all his household. He was a devout man. And one afternoon he saw a vision of an angel of God coming to him and saying, Cornelius. And he was afraid when he saw this vision. And of course, we know the rest of the story. This was the Lord's way of of bringing Cornelius into another step to the the Christian faith. He, He told him to go send for Peter. And Peter came. And, uh, of course, Peter had a vision, too, and the Lord was working there to bring him together, to bring about a real, to, to bring Cornelius into, into a relationship with Christ. And yet I think, you know, how many years had Cornelius spent praying, giving alms, fearing God, and so forth, before, you know, this came about? Um, it doesn't even when we don't feel a confirmation. We're not always going to feel confirmation. The Lord asks us to walk by faith. We need to keep on moving ahead. We need to go back and, and we have confirmation from his word here and that's enough. And we can live by faith. Um, appreciating what, what Christ is and who he is and, and his teaching, what he's, what, he's, what he's done for us. We can accept that, that salvation by faith. One other thing I wanted to address is, is what about the fruit? Um, Brother Calvin shared the one evening about how that sometimes we're not being fruitful. You know, sometimes the fruit isn't growing like we think it should. Or maybe we know it's not growing. Something's not right in our lives. And he, he mentioned how that we should move towards the water. Not to think of, of when he was talking how that in Romania, they, they told us there during the Ceausescu years that Ceausescu was uh, so interested in seeing 
the progress of his impoverished country, the progress of the country had basically ground into the, to the dust, that, that people were given these uh, huge incentives to, to look, to look, to make things look productive. Or, you know, if their party bosses didn't see things happening in the fields or wherever, they would, there would be punishment. So they talked about how in the local town where we're at, how that when Ceausescu came through, it was during the harvest time, and they actually went out. It had been a real dry year. It had been a, a uh, drought that year. The fruit, the trees just hadn't done anything. And the uh, party bosses there in, in Cotton Subish had actually gone out and bought fruits and had the people tie fruits to the fruit trees along the streets just to make it look like things were doing well. And, I, you know, what a waste. I mean, first of all, the waste of time putting the fruit up there. The second of all, you know, the waste of taking good fruit, putting them up there, mishandling them, and probably they're rotten by the time they came back down. And, and it, you know, that's not what the trees needed. They needed to be water. They needed nutrition. They needed, um, they needed something much different than fruit being glued onto them. So let's not paste fruit to our spiritual tree to impress the Lord and other people. Uh, that's only frustrating and a waste of time. If we're not bearing fruit, let's find out what's wrong and get to that source of water. Get to the water. There was another story here real quickly along that line that I read here recently of, of two princes who were at odds with each other after their Father King had passed away. And the, the younger of the princes got advantage of the older. The older was very, this is a factual story, I don't recall, but it's historical. You call exactly the setting and so forth. But the, the younger prince, the, the, the older one was way overweight and uh, loved delicacies. And so the older one, after he got the advantage of, I mean the younger one, after he got the advantage of the older one, put him in a, put him in a, uh, in a very small castle, and then locked all the doors. Uh, he blocked, uh, bricked in all the doors, except for one, and left that door just really small. And he told the, his older brother, he said, look, when you've lost enough weight to squeeze through the door, he said, you're free. I, I won't bother you anymore. And, uh, but what he did is he would every day, he would put in platefuls of delicacies through the door, through this little door. And that older brother never did lose weight. He, he enjoyed eating in there in his little castle. Never did lose weight and died in there. And the younger one died soon afterwards in battle. But anyways, you know, what a, what a, uh, what a story of, of how that we can be. Uh, you know, if we don't lose ourselves, we can't get through the, the, the eye of the needle that Christ talks about. If we're not willing to discipline ourselves, the devil will keep giving delicacies our way. He'll try to keep us overweight. Um, he'll try to keep us from being able to pass the narrow gate. But, you know, there's, there's, we can, we can, by the grace of God, move towards the water. But it won't be without struggle. It won't be without hardship on our part. Ask, seek, and knock. Be faithful in what you know, as was the centurion. He did what he knew. He worshiped the God of Israel. 
And out of his love of God and godly principle, he did good works. God honored that. He provided the centurion more light, more confirmation. And again, there's enough. We have enough to, to, to take us through whatever we, between the word and the brotherhood, the confirmation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have enough without something extraterrestrial. And if we need something extraterrestrial, we can always go outside and just look at the stars for a while. I mean, that's enough, you know, just to observe what God has done. But I think what I'm trying to get at is, you know, we're, we're so, we're people, you know, with our media and everything today, we're so prone to sound bites. We're so prone to, to little, you know, trying to live off of, off of pieces that we, that we can't, we miss, you know, that we really need the whole package. We really need to avail ourselves. So let's not neglect to stoke the glow that in our hearts, that was lit in our hearts, that was fanned this, these past, uh, this past week or the week, uh, week ago, over a week ago now. Uh, we can carry that glow. We can, we can move ahead. We can keep from losing ground by the grace of God. God bless you all.